Hi, welcome to Navigating the Spectrum with Michelle Portlock. I'm your host, Michelle Portlock, and I'm so happy to have you with me today. Today, I have a guest named Jessica Beatty, and Jessica is a mom of two. She is a master IEP coach, an autism and ADHD advocate, and a special education parent coach. That's a lot. Jessica, and I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, it's quite the mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) You've got, you've got your hand um, in a lot of different things, and I'm excited to talk about what you do. So what I want to ask you, Jessica, is how did you come to be a master IEP coach? And what does that mean? Yeah. um, So first I'll, I'll, preface the master IEP coach. Uh, it is, mm-hmm. we're, I, I'm not a lawyer. We're not a lawyer network. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are parents, teachers, admin, people, specialists. So you'll see um, some speech therapists and OT in our network. And we're here to support the IEP process for the schools, for parents, in order Mm -hmm. to change the way special education's process is. Okay. And I came to that table not knowing I was actually going to want to do this. Uh, I Mm -hmm. joined, well, I joined the IEP table when, um, before my son was diagnosed with autism. So I have two children. Mm -hmm. My son, uh, Cameron is seven and a half. And my daughter Tegan is just turned five last week. And so he's going to be a second grader and she's going into kindergarten and we didn't have a diagnosis of anything for Cameron until he was closer to a four and a half. And mm-hmm. I had approached the school with my concerns based off an OT, a OT is occupational therapy. Um, with Mm -hmm. that evaluation. And she said, you know, you should really look at the school. So she was kind of my guide. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what was there. (laughs) We had just moved to a different place and nobody was listening to me. I had gone to early intervention and they told me some unkind things about myself and my parenting and Nothing was being taken seriously. And I didn't think there was something wrong. Um, I just, Mm -hmm. I didn't see his development being exactly what made sense to me. He didn't follow any of the books. Do any of our kids though. Sure. Uh, I read all the books. (laughs) I was in support groups and there were things going on that just didn't make sense. And Luckily, I had a leader for the support group who was a nurse, and she brought up saying, you know, if you have concerns, here are some resources to go. And so Mm -hmm. I started becoming more comfortable asking questions and being a little bit more open, which has helped me throughout the process. But Mm -hmm. in order to get him help, I had to learn how to advocate and, Mm -hmm. um, that's always been very difficult for me and 
being able to share my thoughts and be open. And it was always really anxiety ridden. Mm -hmm. So I would go quiet during those moments. So I had to learn to be a little Mm -hmm. loud and just not quit. So to make a long story short, because I could probably talk for like three hours on this. Um, (laughs) uh, We had approached the school uh, for an evaluation. And since he didn't have a diagnosis, and we were looking more just at sensory, uh, they couldn't really help us. Mm -hmm. But we were fortunate to have a few of the teachers hinting to me that he may not be qualifying for an evaluation. But in this specific school, it was inclusive. So we could pay to have him attend and then they would monitor him under the table, kind of, which rarely happens anywhere. But they were just like, you know, I hear you. We don't look at sensory, which I was like, how do schools not look at sensory? So that was my first introduction to school stuff like this. I had no idea this is how it was. And but love Mm -hmm. that they were open with me, which is not easy to find. And so Mm -hmm. I didn't find my, myself at an IEP table at that time, it would be another year and a half before I, we got a diagnosis and I could go back with solid data and information from his Mm -hmm. daycare and all these other places and a diagnosis of autism. And Mm -hmm. they looked at it and they said, okay, we're going to evaluate. And that's when I was introduced to the IEP table. And what got me to being a master IEP coach would come during, as I was prepping for his kindergarten transition. So he qualified for Mm -hmm. special education preschool uh, for pre-K. So um, from the age he was going to turn five in November. So he went through when he was Mm -hmm. five years old and I was terrified of him going to regular school because he had behaviors that were being um, induced by sensory needs. And I didn't know how those were going to be met. And his teacher was phenomenal with him. And she, it's, it's very interesting. She was not a very warm person. Um, she loved kids. She loved her job. She was a very strong advocate. She has been doing it for many times, but she was not the warmest person. And I like warm people. (laughs) So, but I was kind, we were kind, we got along, we worked really well together, but it just wasn't my cup of tea until Mm -hmm. she helped me through his transition to kindergarten because you have to go through that, Mm. you know, you have to meet with the school, talk about it, talk about the IEP kind of reset up in, we were living at, in Washington state at the time. And you kind of have to rewrite the whole IEP for kindergarten, kind of that transition. Mm -hmm. And I, she was amazing. Thank goodness she was there. And that changed my opinion completely about her Mm -hmm. and the process. But What got me to thinking differently about this for parents was I spent two to three months reading, reading every Mm -hmm. IEP book. I was a part of a nonprofit organization as a, um, a board member and a helping parent helper. And 
they helped me find resources to try to learn as much as I could. And it was overwhelming. I was like, mm-hmm. how am I supposed to go in and do all this with the emotions of what I'm reading and what I'm trying to do, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, what am I supposed to expect for kindergarten? Like I had no clue. Mm -hmm. And also myself, I was scared that I would go mute during it because when everybody stares at me, sometimes it can be difficult, not anymore because I practiced, but it can be very intimidating with a round table and everybody staring at you. So we mm-hmm. went through that meeting and I went mute. It was too much for me. I shut down, but luckily the teacher knew exactly where I was going, what my hopes and dreams were. We were very honest and she advocated for him. Um, mm. And we got him set up for school uh, for sensory needs and what a behavioral needs, but I didn't know that there was more to the process than that. I, I had no clue. And I remember walking mm-hmm. out of that meeting, which I think after talking to many parents, they've said similar feelings of this can't be this hard. Why is it so hard? Why is this so difficult? Why is it so intimidating? I'm sweating profusely. Mm-hmm. I'm over caffeinated. I need a nap, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm over caffeinated. Yeah. I was like, I'm jittery, but I need to go sleep for three days. Cause I was just, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's emotionally draining. Yeah. It can be very, emotionally very emotionally draining. draining. So when he got into kindergarten, I just, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this better. I need to present this differently to parents that I'm working with volunteering for. I just, mm-hmm. there has to be an easier way. There's gotta be some sort of parent education for IEPs out there. And so I started searching. I was like, I'll go back to school. I'll get my master's and whatever I have to. And there was nothing. Mm-hmm. I was, I was like, there's very little. And then I was scrolling through uh, Facebook one day, we were visiting my parents uh, over a holiday and I was complaining about, gosh, I'm really concerned about my son's reading. They're not really doing much. They're telling me to wait and see, which is not the best advice, but he was in kindergarten. So I just, I followed along, but in my gut, I just felt mm-hmm. like there's, we can't just sit and wait. I'm not kind of a sit and waiter. So I was just scrolling through um, social media and I found uh, Catherine Witcher. She is the founder of the Master IEP network. And that moment I turned to my husband and I said, I'm signing up for this mentorship. It starts in January and I need to know how to do this better. So I signed up Mm. for it. I didn't, um, I didn't know I would end up doing what I'm doing. I 18 months later or knowing what I know 18 months later, but that was the, the, that piece of finding something where I knew being in a network of people from all different backgrounds, teachers, admin, OT specialists, parents like myself, we would be able to talk about how we can do behind the scenes a little better, how we can help teachers present IEPs better, admin present at the table better, but also for me, 
my focus became a hundred percent parents because there's nothing for mm. us. And so if I can bring a little bit of confidence back for the parents I work with and help them mm -hmm. learn strategies that get action taken, that is my motivation. And it all started mm -hmm. with me not knowing anything and being so frustrated and fed up that I wanted to do whatever I could to change things. I really like that you took something that was very challenging and frustrating for you and you turned it into mm -hmm. a strength. I find that to be such a powerful lesson for us parents to learn. I guess what I'm hearing is because when we have children with special needs or additional needs, there are a lot of frustrations. And I think I would say the same goes for me. I didn't fully understand mm -hmm. autism. And so I took a deep dive into the world of autism and read everything I could. And then, you know, went back and got my masters. And I just, I, I feel like we just want to know how to best support and mm -hmm. help our children. And I love that you took that leap. And I was going to ask you, so it sounds like your master IEP program was an 18 month program. Uh, no, it was, a, it's a short two month program. I just Mm -hmm. uh, from the moment it ended, I decided this is what I wanted to do. So I, you, jo you can join the network afterwards, oh, after it. the mentorship. And I've been doing okay. it for 18 months. Oh, that's great. Okay. Yes. Now I'm with you. Well, good for you. I was just thinking maybe I should do this IEP class. Yes. <laughs> There's it's a lot open to learn to anybody. Um, it can look quite mm -hmm. intimidating. Um, as a parent, like, oh no, I'm going to be surrounded by teachers and stuff. The best experiences mm -hmm. I have learned are from the teachers because I'm learning. Mm -hmm. I've learned how I can communicate and articulate the things a child needs to mm -hmm. the teacher or the IEP case manager or the principal in order for them to say, oh yeah, it's all in their language. So I've had to learn their mm -hmm. language. And that's the one thing, mm -hmm. you know, as an IEP table member, parents are an equal member. But if yes. we don't know the language and we're not schooled in the language, we're not an equal member. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm trying to um, minimize that gap when I work with parents. And when I work with Mm -hmm. teachers and admin and anybody I come across, even for my kids, I, the school knows what I do and I share what's helpful and what's not helpful and trying to build mm -hmm. a better community for the other parents. So I know whoever I come in contact with, eventually it's going to hopefully help somebody else down the line by doing something differently. Mm. And that's important. I love that. It is important. And I guess that leads me to my next question. And you've touched on some of this, but I was going to ask you how you help parents and families. And you've kind of talked about that somewhat, but tell me, like, would a parent come and approach you and say, I understand that you are a master IEP coach and I need help. What does that look like? Yes, I help. Uh, I, I work with parents one-to-one. -one, so 
-hmm. I don't have any group programs or anything like that yet. I would love to eventually Mm -hmm. create a place where there's webinars or learning that parents can do on their own that's in their language. Um, But right Mm -hmm. now I work with parents one-to-one. So you approach me and you say, hey, I'm looking for some help. And then uh, I can review the IEP. I give recommendations written down. I can help prep for IEP meetings. I can attend meetings if they're locally or virtually. And mm-hmm. it all comes down to the parent really needs to know what they may need help with because mm-hmm. we, I mean, in different areas, we all know we need some help. But if we don't know, Mm -hmm. if we're not, we want to understand the IEP better, I can help with that. Mm -hmm. We can work together. Mm -hmm. Uh, I work on either a hourly basis, depending on what the parent needs are, or I have retainer. So you can basically retain me for a certain amount of hours and we'll work together through the process. So whether it's an initial assessment or you're going into a reevaluation or you're just beginning, um, that's kind of my niche is for those parents who are just mm-hmm. beginning or very new, or they want to understand how can I make these meetings go a little better so I'm heard. And it's an it mm-hmm. can easily be a little bit of a tweak of what words are being said. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or what words are being written. And those are the little things that I bring. But if there's parents who mm-hmm. are having a problem with their school and communicating, things are not right. Um, needs are not being met. I can help investigate that and then help you communicate or communicate for you with the school Mm. in the language that they need in order to try to solve why is there a problem here? So that's kind of where I'm at, where I really love working with and building relationships to say, hey, I'm not here to fight you. I'm not here to yell, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm gonna take you to court if you don't do this, that's not what I'm about. I am about, okay, how can we build this relationship because it's been broken, Mm -hmm. trust is broken when we get to this part. And what information do I need to gather into figuring out why things are not going smoothly and then hopefully creating a communication structure that is helpful for parents and teachers. So we're all speaking in the Mm -hmm. same language. And I'm not going to say that it's a hundred percent guarantee this is going to work because we can't guarantee that, but Mm-hmm. It's so important to try to mend relationships and remove anger and emotion and just really try to focus mm-hmm. on where the child's needs are. And parents are exhausted at this point. They're frustrated. They're done. Mm-hmm. And before we get to more of the legal places where that's not, that's kind of where I stop prior to due process. My hope is by mm-hmm. working with parents Uh, through this process, we can hopefully avoid having to go that far. And Mm -hmm. so far, I've had a very successful way of 
opening frustrating doors for parents to create more of a teamwork atmosphere and mm -hmm. it's been working. So I'm hoping it continues, but that's, that's how I help parents. Well, I love that. It, what I feel, the one thing that I'm hearing that I, well, there are a lot of valuable pieces to what you've said, but one thing that I would find particularly valuable is something that we know is when our emotions go up, our intelligence yeah. goes down. And so, and so when we bring in someone like you, a master IEP coach, essentially you're keeping the, I don't mean to call it a playing mm -hmm. field, but I don't know what else to call it. Um, uh, I, you're keeping it level and neutral mm -hmm. as opposed to highly emotional, yes. which can be so challenging for parents who are looking at their child and saying their needs aren't being mm -hmm. met please meet my child's needs. It gets very emotionally charged. And so I like the idea of having a specialist there who can, who is on your team, but also knows how to create a cohesive environment. One in that all the professionals are working together for the benefit of the child. That's the way we want it to be. So to take the emotion out of it, which is tricky, but, but it is, it is practical mm -hmm. and useful to try to set that emotion aside and, and come to the table with a level head. So I like that idea. So I'm, I'm guessing that you actually can also show up in person. If you live near someone that you can actually show up at those IEP meetings. Yes, I can. Um, mm -hmm. As long as it's, local to my area and uh, mm -hmm. works with the schedule and childcare as we know, but I feel mm -hmm. the blessing that we've dealt with with COVID is mm -hmm. IEP meetings can be held virtually. And it yes. is something that can be successful and has been successful mm -hmm. and it, um, many schools are incorporating this as an option going forward because it it eases the complication of trying to schedule everyone to be in one place at one time. Like mm -hmm. a parent is at home with the sibling child, but they can't get childcare, mm -hmm. but they can create a place where the child is entertained and the mom or dad can't attend a meeting. Um, mm. and wherever specialists are, where the teachers are, it, it just opens up the doors to more communication and the ability for parents mm -hmm. to be able to attend because not all of us can attend an IEP meeting between what, 7am and 3.30pm during school hours. And so sure. I can attend virtually even by sitting on a call on speakerphone, listening in and offering mm -hmm. guidance. And it, I don't always have to be at the meetings. I love coaching parents to go to their meetings. I have many parents who prefer to do it on their own. And then after the meeting, mm -hmm we discuss what's going on, 
I, I can read the documents and then I we can always do a final summary of the meeting just to make sure that the school and the parent are on the same page. So I can handle these meetings okay. in so many different ways. It comes down to parent preference and also mm -hmm. school's openness for things. But that is something that mm -hmm. I work with and help communicate as well. So a parent never feels alone during this. Like, well, they said, no, now what? Okay, let's try communicating the reasoning for this and why this is important. And it gives mm -hmm. power back to a parent who may not be feeling very confident with their school or excited to go to a meeting like this, knowing that they have someone there who can pick up if they're struggling or having a mm -hmm. hard time communicating what they are wanting to communicate. That's where I come in because I take an inventory of that. And it's all about supporting the parent, whatever the parent mm. needs are. I love that. I love that. I so appreciate you talking with us today. I feel like what you shared is so important and so valuable and so needed for parents who are just starting out this process, this IEP process. So Jessica, a really important question would be, how can people touch base with you? How do they get in touch with you if they need your help? Absolutely. Uh, the best way right now is through social media. Uh, you can find me mm -hmm. on Instagram or Facebook. I and usually more on Instagram. And my mm -hmm. handle is Jessica Beatty underscore advocate on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And on Facebook, mm -hmm. you can find me under Jessica Beatty advocate, just one word. I am working on my mm -hmm. website right now. And hopefully we'll have it up mid July. Uh, but those are the two best places to get a hold of me. If social media is not mm -hmm. an interest or you're not on social media, the best way to get a hold of me is email. And my email is hello, so H E L L O at jessicabeatty.com. Oh, I love that. That's fun. <laughs> so thank you so much. And for those of you that are listening, I will also. Um, I will also post this information on my Instagram, which is navigating.the.spectrum. So thanks again, Jessica, You're for being so here. You're so welcome. I hope uh, your listeners find this helpful. I'm, I know they will. This has been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you.